0: Hello and welcome to the Revit Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jeff Tiffany. Ready, set, Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rev It Up podcast. We're super excited to have Natasha Miller with us today. She creates bold experiences, both in-person and virtual for corporate events. She has an Inc. 5000 company, and she advises entrepreneurs, a uh, host of the fascinating entrepreneurs, P- the entrepreneurs Podcast as well. So excited to have you today, Natasha. Thank
1: you for having me, Jess.
0: How did you kind of get started in the event space, and, and how did that all unfold?
1: I was a classically trained violinist and a jazz vocalist. And one of the ways that you can make money doing those two things is performing at social and corporate events. For the first, let's see, since I was 15 to about mid to late twenties, my event experience was as a performer, performing at these events. And then I started booking other artists in other genres Uh, Well, including jazz and classical, but other genres as well for events and really entire productions, which is my core business is a booking production company, but we had to expand into um, producing and designing events because of the need and for our clients that really relied on us and really trusted us. So it just kind of grew into something wild and big that I never really expected.
0: Oh, that's pretty fantastic. So, so basically, life as a performer, and then kind of got into the gigs side of it a little bit, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of explored for you. That's, that's yep. pretty exciting. So I hear you play a mean fiddle. Can you tell ah, us a little bit about that? I
1: wouldn't <laughs> call it what I do, fiddling. Uh, that's another skill that I, unfortunately, uh, sort of got beat out of me because I was classically trained. And when you're classically trained, it's really hard on that instrument that you're trained on to improvise or play things that are not classically structured. So Irish jigs, uh, jazz, fiddle playing, none of those three things I can do without sounding really dumb.
0: Well, that's interesting. But I don't know much about the, I know my wife plays violin, but I don't know much about it other than the different beautiful sounds. Usually classic is what I hear too. (laughs) That's, that's really beautiful. So how did that kind of journey go for you as far as getting into the the violin and, and taking that forward?
1: I started playing gigs professionally when I was 15 and I made more money in one fell swoop per playing and singing than I did doing any other day job or hourly job. So um, I knew that that was going to be a formidable way to make a living. What I didn't really know is that it would create this multi-million dollar company that I have many employees and um, had offices in Los Angeles and London, including San Francisco, and that we'd be working for these Fortune 500 companies. And we're in the Bay Area, so our clients are Salesforce and Apple and LinkedIn and Google and Facebook. Pretty cool logos to have uh, under your belt.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, those are some companies. I wrote an international bestseller on LinkedIn marketing. That's kind of my main thing is LinkedIn. And I do a lot of speaking and training across the all everywhere. Recently, in a cooperation, we're doing some stuff with, well, it's confusing, but blockchain and, and it ties into Salesforce and all that stuff. But anyway, th- those are some massive companies with some outstanding opportunity there. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool that you're able to do some events for them and whatnot. So, which events are your favorite? Like like you really just get into, obviously you have a passion for this. What, what kind of drives you in, in some of these uh, events that you run?
1: Must be a glutton for pun- punishment. So I love the big, audacious, ridiculous request with the ridiculous timing. So, you know, someone could call me this morning at 9 a.m. and say, I want a Zydeco band on our stage at noon, a corporate client. And most people would be like, that's not happening. You need to give me more time. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I just say, yes, we can do it. And I hang up and I make it happen. That kind of magic I like doing. I also love the -the over-the-top, crazy, wonderful, big design, big entertainment events where we have aerialists, you know, dangling from um, a Lyra hoop, pouring champagne or body painted models running around um, entertaining people and live bands and even like DJ mashups or electric violinists that sings like just beautiful displays of artistry is obviously really fun and really cool.
0: Yeah, like the spinning wheel and the chandelier and pouring wine. And that's, I can just mm-hmm. kind of visualize that. It seems that'd be like a pretty fun uh, event to, to attend. If you go
1: to my website, by the way,
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. so
1: many photos and videos of those events are up there. And it is, it blows my mind to see them.
0: It yeah. is that website. I was forget to ask. I usually try to do sure, it at the it's, beginning. Um,
1: that business is entireproductions.com
0: productions.com. This is how it sounds, right? There's no fancy spelling oh, nothing or anything weird. weird. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. Well, that's excellent. So do you uh, end up doing a lot for uh, like the celebrity type then too, as well, uh, outside of the the big corporate events?
1: We've done some events for celebrities, but more than that, we, we book celebrities, high, you know, headliners for the large corporate or the very well-funded Individuals.
0: This is way a way a step up from the what the Cameo app where they say happy birthday to somebody and their celebrities. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep we we get them to come and perform or or speak or present and during COVID we did over two hundred virtual events and we had a a lot of headliners performing which was amazing at a fraction of the cost that they would charge in regular times.
0: That's nice that you're able to do that because there's a lot of people out there, obviously, that have, have had suffering time during this whole process. I've heard of, you know, there's kind of some new avenues and some businesses that actually boomed because of it, because of the the online aspect and being able to transition into a new realm. And, and they've actually expanded because of advanced use of their services online. So it's an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Um, Was there like a a favorite uh, event that you put on uh, that just just kind of blow our minds and we'd like to hear about?
1: One of my favorite events was very complicated and we had five weeks to plan it. Over 6,000 people came. It was in two different physical locations across the street from each other, but that said street was quite busy. (laughs) So crossing was a little bit of an issue. And it was the first time that our client, AAA, released a new product. And that new product was a car sharing program called Gig Car Share. And that meant um, if you needed to go to the grocery store or to a friend's house, you could look up on your app, find the car, uh, take it to that person's house, park it on the street, not pay, and you could just leave it there. You didn't have to get it back to where you found it. So they were launching this product, and we did so many things. We did an early morning yoga session, a non-alcoholic sober rave. we had um, parades of cars with musicians in it jumping out and doing little pop-up concerts. then a then a, a complete parade into the event space. there were food trucks. We broke no we set a world record for the most gigs in a gig. so that means the most performances in this gig car, which is actually, um a Prius and uh it was just such a wonderful and beautiful day there was art there were artists bands musicians stilt walkers whimsical everything all day it was just such a good job and that's on my website too you can look for it it's it's it was really cool there's a neat video there for about that
0: very cool that's 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 very interesting and um When you built your business, I know you talked about all the employees and different things that you've had uh, dealt with and, and um, what's kind of like uh, the hardest, um, you know, firing you've ever had to do, or or I know that process is not very fun and people need to learn about uh, how to do it properly. Do you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, gosh, it is so hard to hire. It's so hard to know. You could be referred to someone, they could have a great resume, they could have good experience, they could have had a good interview, a good cover letter. And then once they get into the organization, they just don't end up being a fit. And that happens more than you would expect and hope. And instead of just letting them be there and letting everyone suffer, You know, you you certainly want to try to put them in a position that's available to do what they're great at doing. But if there's not that set of position available, or they're just not going to work out, you have to let them go. And a lot of people keep those employees on and, and that's the decision they make them for themselves. My decision is to always let them go. And I have let a lot of people go over the last 20 years. It never feels good. It never feels right. I will never get used to it, but it's the chance that you have to take. And honestly, you're setting them free to go on to something else that's so much better suited to them, though they never think that at the time, of course. So I think it's in the delivery. It's in allowing them to have their humility, allowing them to decide how to let the rest of the team know that they're leaving, what language they use. Um, what kind of an exit they make, you know, how they leave the building with their things. And for each person, it's different. It's a different choice.
0: Do you sometimes find it's, um, there's a way to just kind of move them into a different position? Or is it pretty much? Sometimes. Okay.
1: Not a lot, though, honestly, I think I, before I let anyone go, I do try to nudge them in the direction that I think they may be well suited for, but we're a small business and you, you know, they're absorbed much easier in larger organizations, which doesn't really say much, but it just means that you can hide a little better.
0: Yeah, I think that does make sense, you know, because, you know, within a smaller business, you only have certain pegs, you know, you might have five different options available to fit someone if they don't fit in those five options, you know. Uh, they're they're holding themselves back and holding the company back at the same time. So uh, sometimes you have to make that decision to, you know.
1: The know. flip side, I would say, I interviewed a gal right before COVID, and she was interviewing for one specific role. And it at that time, I had my employees doing interviews with that candidate as well. So it was kind of a, not just me, it was a lot of people. And they voted her down for the position. They were like, nope, she's not a fit. We don't think she's a fit for this role. But I saw something in her that I was very attracted to and interested in. I saw maybe a little bit of myself in her. And I could understand why my employees didn't see her in that role. But I was like, you know what? I need that kind of person here. And I hired her. I didn't have anything for her to do. I was like, you can be my administrative or my executive assistant. I didn't really need that. Um, So she worked for, let's see, she started in January. She worked for a couple of months and there wasn't a clear path to her role. And now, especially when COVID hit, she has been amazing. She does our SEO. She does our social media. She does our graphic design. She puts together um, a lot of our uh, proposals. She arranges media, uh, for us. Uh, she gets me on podcasts and, uh, you know, she's our, our publicist. So she's our communications directress. dress.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, her
1: name's Madeline and she's amazing. So I made that decision, um, which is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about, but I wanted to redeem myself.
0: Oh No, that's good. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think, um, in our, in our circle in the marketing, we kind of call it like a, a team marketer, but basically just a very well balanced can do a lot of cool things like, like you said, search engine graphic design, all, you know, all those pieces that she can kind of fulfill that and, and really um, uh, move a company forward. It's a very good uh, skill set to have. It's a, um, it's kind of a highly sought after, you know, person that can kind of take that role and really, you know, uh, uh, push the, the success forward. So. Um, Well, I wanted to thank you again uh, for this little chat. Obviously, we want to go further. I could talk, I think, uh, shop with you for another hour here. It's it's amazing stuff. Can you tell people where the best places online to find you and to, um, you know, if they want an event or if they want to, you know, just uh, learn more about your company?
1: Sure. My core business is entireproductions.com. That's events and entertainment. But for me and what I do... Um, outside of that, which is I train uh, entrepreneurs to scale and grow efficiently, um, that's natashamiller.co. So you can go to both places.
0: Beautiful, Perfect. Hey, everybody, make sure you check out her website. Check out both of them, actually. And uh, and dig deeper. Uh, She is an amazing person and amazing entrepreneur and definitely somebody you want to follow. And uh, if you're uh, listening to this, obviously uh, like, subscribe and share this. Uh, We really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks everybody. And thank you again, Natasha. Thank you.